will multiply Lake Norman. There's, uh, there's a couple announcements that we have to, to make today. The first one is hard. Um, it's not one that I want to make. Um, it's one that's it's heavy on, on my heart. Um, I'm going to try to get through this without losing it. So, David, go ahead and throw up, go ahead and throw up that slide, whoever's at the back. Um, so, this past week, um, Candy Clancy went to be with the Lord, and we were talking about it this morning. Um, in five years, she's the first person that has, has passed away um, that's been a part of our, our church family. Um, went into the doctor's office Thursday or Friday, passed away on Sunday. Um, so what we want to kind of acknowledge is to, to keep her family in our thoughts and in our prayers. I'll tell you this story. Uh, the first time that I ever met Candy, I went to Barcelona Burger after church. She came to service, and she listened to me preach. And then verbatim, she said, Pastor, I don't, I don't know if I can go back to your church if you don't speak like, if you don't preach like Stephen Furtick. I said, all right, Candy, tell me how you really feel. And uh, fast forward a year and a half later, um, and she was a part of our church every single Sunday that she was in town. She sat right there uh, every, every single Sunday, and uh, unless somebody stole her seat. And what I, what I loved about Candy is her arms would be up high in the sky, and she would kind of wave them like this a little bit. Um, but more than that, we do our prayer rally before first service, and uh, about right in here, every, every Sunday she would walk up to me, she would lay her hands on me, and, uh, and she would pray. She would pray that, that, um, that the service would go well. She would pray that, that whatever God had laid on my heart would, would be communicated well. Not for, not for Zach's gain. It was always for the kingdom. What scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, or excuse me, chapter 12 verse 1 says this, that she has joined a great cloud of witnesses that has gone before us. Now, I, I can almost, in my mind's eye, I can almost imagine Candy this morning up in heaven holding her hands up worshiping with us and praying, praying over us. Uh, what I know is that she's left a legacy. What I know is that we get to carry that legacy. Uh, we're a church, and we say this all the time, when people mourn, we mourn together. When people rejoice, we rejoice together. So in this season, we want to remember uh, their family. And uh, what we would ask is, hey, don't, don't reach out to them. They haven't made any arrangements yet, but I wanted to make that announcement to the church. And then once we have arrangements, um, as the family wants us to communicate that, then, uh, then we will. So now I need to transition into another announcement. Uh, so last week we took our miracle offering and uh, with the money that we had in the bank and all the money that we raised last Sunday, we wanted to raise $200,000. And of that we raised, last week we raised $162,024.60. That's something to get excited about. I know there's individuals... Uh, that you had trouble giving last week. So we put a, a, a link on the screen as well. There's a QR code. There's some options if you haven't been able to give. I actually got a text about 15 minutes ago from when I was watching online. They're going to give today. They're like, hey, how do we give? We weren't here last week and the family's sick this week. So, hey, if you're watching, I'm not going to call you up by name. Just scan the QR code. You can figure it out from there. Uh, so if you want to give, you can do that. Next thing we have going on is our multipliers celebration. Man, that's December 11th from 5 p.m. To 7 p.m. Here's the deal. If you haven't signed up yet, we need you to sign up today. So awkwardly pull out your phones now if you haven't signed up. 
scan the QR code, make sure you sign up. If you serve in any capacity at our church, man, we want to honor you. We want to celebrate you. We have a comedian coming in. We have catered food. We have to let the catering company know today uh, how much food to prepare for us. Uh, here, here's the good news. We also have childcare, so make sure you don't use that as an excuse, all right? <laughs> Angie's like reaching for her phone now. She's like, oh, there's childcare? I'm signing up. So there you go. Uh, I said childcare, and I saw people reaching. I'm like, they're like, free night, yeah. Uh, and then we have Christmas in Davidson and the parade coming up. Last week, uh, we packed about 2,500 2, bags of candy uh, that we're going to pass out for the parade and Christmas in Davidson. Last year, we did 1,000 and ran out pretty quick. So this year, we did 2,500. Here's the cool thing. We don't just pass out the bags of candy. But we pass out our Come Sit With Me cards as well because every year we have new people visit our church and become part of our family because of Christmas in Davidson. This is also a great opportunity for, for you guys to serve, for all of us to serve as well. You can be crazy uh, like Dylan and Claire Crow. So last year, about this time, y'all visited the church for the first time. And like two weeks later, y'all were already serving at Christmas. Was that your second or third week that you were like a part of the church? Maybe the fourth? Okay, so four weeks in, and you are already serving and becoming part of the church. Sorry I called you out. I know y'all love that. Uh, but make sure that you sign up for that. Man, it's an opportunity for us to serve, for us to step in to our community. Lot, lots of stuff going on, but, but here's the deal. We can't overlook Thanksgiving, all right? We can't overlook it. So I have to take a poll. I have to ask a couple questions. I just want you to shout some things out to me. Uh, let's start with this one. What is the best Thanksgiving side dish. Ready, go. Okay, I heard 17 different things and nobody said macaroni and cheese. Y'all are weird. Did you say mac and cheese? Be loud. Scream it out. What's the best? I love it. Okay, who said something over here? You said sweet potato casserole. Okay, marshmallows on top or no? If there's not marshmallows on top, it's called not sweet potato casserole. All right? It's called something that's too healthy. All right. What, what? Somebody else said something over here that sounded weird. I like corn casserole. That's weird. Garlic string beans. I'm sure they're great. I'm sure they're great. Who, who, Chaz, you don't, Chaz isn't screaming. Is Chaz back there? Chaz isn't back there right now? Okay. So Chaz screamed. What did Chaz say in the first service? He said sweet potatoes with bacon. I was like, what? I literally did this. I turned my mic off and I said, Sweet potatoes with, you can laugh at that. Sweet potatoes with, oh, what else? Throw, throw, out, throw out some more stuff to me. What else? What else do you like? What is it? Pe Excuse me? Pea salad. Okay, are there multiple different types of peas? That might have taken the cake for what I just said. <laughs> is it good? Okay, one day you got to bring it to me. Deal? All right. What else? We, we, had a, we had a debate between dressing and stuffing. What's it called? It's there was a lot of people that just said stuffing in unison. It's okay, here, here this is just Zach Witt, all right? This is this is my definition, all right? If it's outside the turkey, it's dressing. If it's inside the turkey, it's stuffing. So if you just said stuffing and you didn't put it inside your turkey, I'm gonna say you're wrong. All right. All right, what what about what about this? What's the best Thanksgiving dessert that you had? Pecan pecan, not pecan. We're in the south. Pecan. Chocolate chocolate pie? Razzleberry pie? That sounds like something from Harry Potter. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Snozberries tastes like snozberries. What else? What else? Desserts. 
chocolate cake. Like layered chocolate cake? Whoa. That's a game changer. Who made that? Okay, well, I need... When, okay, all right, perfect. What else? What else? What else? Gary, what about you? Best dessert. What is that? Red velvet cheesecake. I can get behind that. Elliot, what else? What, what kind of desserts, Elliot? Pecan pie. You said it right. That's good. You didn't say pecan. What, one more dessert. Come on, somebody throw it out. Butterscotch. Okay, I can, I can get with all those. Now, here, this is going to be ice cream? Oh, I like Rice Krispie Treats. Now, here, this, one, this one's going to be hard, okay? Because I know what you're going to want to say. I don't think you're right, but you can say it. Um, what's the best Thanksgiving meat? Ham. Ham. Turkey. All right, so here, here's the deal. Matt, you made, great, you made great smoked turkey. It tasted phenomenal. I ate some last night, again. Um, here's my problem. Turkey, by nature, is the dry... Your turkey was not dry is the driest meat that you can ever get. Why do we have a holiday around the dry... Here, I'm going to make a petition that we start going with ribeye steaks every Thanksgiving. Anybody want to anybody join me on that one? Hey, well, can we start... We can start doing that as a, as a family. What I, what, I know, what I know is this, is that sometimes the holidays can also feel a little chaotic. Did anybody have some chaos in their house? Nobody had chaos? Any, that means you don't have kids if you said you didn't have, you didn't have chaos. But this is, this is what I've noticed. It was kind of a mad dash to the food. You got to determine where everybody's going to sit. And, and if you're an adult in the room and you have kids, you were making sure that the kids table, who has a kid's table? Who was mad that they were at the kid? Who was at the kid's table for way too long in their life? <laughs> you're like, I'm still at the kid's table. <laughs> but you got to make sure the kid's table is set and, and prepared. And you got to make sure they're actually eating their food and, and not just eating the dessert. But at some point, it seems like things start to unravel a bit. I don't know if you're like me, but, but the plans that you had aren't going as planned. In my life, when things start to unravel, it's almost like I can't stop them. For example, Thursday, for me, life started to unravel a bit. Piper, uh, my oldest daughter, started not feeling well. We were about to leave Pastor Keith and, and Malia's house, and, and Piper just wasn't feeling the best. And, and then when we got home, um, Harlow started to act a little funny. Harlow's my one-and-a-half-year-old, and, and she started to act a little lethargic and a little funny. So we thought that, hey, maybe she's getting something, maybe she's getting sick. And, and at about 2 in the morning, uh, our puppy, because we welcomed one of those into our house as well, y'all pray for me, um, our puppy started barking because he needed to go out. And, uh, and Jenna woke up and she heard some kind of wrestling and some noises coming from, from Harlow's room. And she looked at the monitor and just beeline to her room and started screaming my name. She goes, Zach, Zach, wake up, wake up, wake up. Long story short, about two in the morning, uh, Harlow had another seizure. And, and again, it's like when things start to unravel in my life, it seems like they just completely unravel. Now, here, here's the good thing. Um, Pastor Keith lives about 10 minutes from me. From those, for those of you who don't know, uh, Keith and I are, are brother-in-laws, and uh, we married, we were best friends in college and married two sisters. That's where you say, aww. There you go. Uh, breathe some comedic relief. Um, but his brother-in-law is a doctor, and he lives closer than the hospital does, so I ran over to his house, and, and as I was in the car, I, I didn't put Harlow in her seat. I was holding her, and... Uh, and her entire body was just limp, like her, she couldn't move her arms, and she couldn't really hold her head up, so I was trying to hold her. I turned the light on in the car, I was holding her in my right hand, driving my left, and it was pouring down rain, kind of like it was this morning. And, uh, 
Man, it was just a, it was just a hard, it was a hard moment for me. And when I ended up getting to Keith's house, it felt like I was there for about an hour. I was probably only there for about 15, 20 minutes or so. And Keith's brother-in-law checked Harlow out. And even there, she started coming back a little bit. And by the grace of God, um, man, she's back, to, she's back to normal. And again, when things start to unravel, it seems like everything unravels. So as I was leaving Keith's house, it started raining hard, like hard, hard. And I'm trying to rush Harlow to her car seat because, again, she, she was kind of coming back. She was high-fiving me. She was smiling. So I went to put her in her car seat, but it was so dark outside. I could not figure out where the, the buckles were. So I'm lit- I just stood back and looked up in the rain. I'm like, really? I'm just getting soaked right now. Harlow's laughing at me. I'm like, well, that's good. You know, so I, I buckle her in, and I, I make my way back to the, the house. Oh, by, by the way, <laughs> six hours before Harlow had her seizure, got a call from my sister that my grandmother was going to have an unplanned heart surgery the next morning. It's like, man, when things start to unravel, it's like everything unravels. I remember driving back home and and about 2.30 a.m., and and to be honest with you, I was just mad at God. I, I was just angry. I don't know if you've ever been there or not, but I was just angry with God, and I'm like, really? Like, I'm, holidays are already hard for me because my dad passed away several years ago uh, around Christmas. So anytime Thanksgiving and Christmas and we get family together and they start gathering, like, I'm happy. But then I find myself almost being lethargic. I find myself, like, sitting on the couch, like I'm watching football. And football's always hard because that was, like, mine and my dad's thing. And, and it, it just, it becomes hard. And I want to be present with people, but it, it's hard for me. I want to spend time with people, but it, it's hard for me. Then uh, uh, earlier this year, man, we lost my, my father-in-law, and it was our first holiday kind of without him, and, and it was just hard. It's like when things start to unravel, they just all start to unravel. So I'm literally grabbing the steering wheel, looking up like, God, are you serious? Like my dad, my father-in-law, who really became a second dad to me, they're gone. Now, now my youngest daughter is going through this. Now, now my grandmother, like, is there ever going to be a holiday season where I don't go through this junk? Is there ever going to be a time in my life where, where I don't go through anything that seems like it's trying to absolutely crush me? What I've learned is that when it rains, it seems like it pours. And I get up here week in and week out, and I try to, to deliver a message that I feel like God has, has laid on my heart. And for those of you who don't know our schedule, we're typically four to six months out with our preaching calendar. So I know what I'm going to be preaching in January and February and into March. I, I really kind of have through Easter already outlined in, in the direction that we're going to go with the series or whatnot. And uh, the way my weekly schedule works is I, I pull one of those outlines of, of what we're going to be stepping into, and I refresh myself on the outline. Wednesday, I typically take all Wednesday and write. It's kind of my writing day. Thursday, I'll clean it up. I'll send it out to the team. Saturday, I practice, and then Sunday, I come and deliver the message. Well, this past week, I was talking with Pastor Keith on, on Wednesday and on Thursday, and I was like, but I don't, I don't know what I'm going to preach Sunday. And this is the first time since we've been a church that I haven't really had something that I knew that I knew that God wanted me to to communicate until Friday. So we get up Friday after a crazy night, and uh, we we decided to order food from Toast and Davidson. I was just going to go pick it up, and I told Jen, I was like, babe, I'm just going to go grab us breakfast. I'm going to grab us uh, some coffee from Good Drip, and I'll, I'll head back home. 
Well, I, I walk into Goodrip. We have one person working, and we were absolutely slammed. We were about 12 drinks deep. And last Black Friday, we had no business for like the first four or five hours. <clears throat> and then the afternoon, it, it picked up a little bit. So naturally, I kind of jump behind the counter. I start taking some orders. I start helping with some drinks. And, and the first drink that I needed to make was a peppermint hot chocolate. So I'm like, man, that sounds pretty good. So I start adding all the ingredients and adding the milk. We have this little hand mixer, and I put the hand mixer in the cup, and I turn it on. The problem is I turned it on on the highest setting. And guess what happened? It went everywhere. I mean everywhere. And I, I said, are you kidding me? Have you ever had those moments in life where you already have big stuff piling on top of each other, and then it's a little thing that just sets you off? It's, it's the thing that really doesn't matter. A spilled drink really doesn't matter. It was an accident. It really doesn't matter. But it was a thing that absolutely set me off. And I, I'll be honest with you, I almost lost my religion. Like if you can lose your salvation, I almost lost it. I don't think you can, but I almost did. And I remember looking up, make sure, Ian, are you in here? I'm going to talk about you if you are. Okay, he's not in here. They were here last week. So uh, I looked up and I uh, coached sixth grade basketball for Liberty Prep and, and Ian and his family were in the coffee shop and they ordered some drinks. And I remember a conversation that I had with Ian on Wednesday after practice. So Ian's one of our, uh, one of our better players and, and man, he, um, he had a rough practice Wednesday. I remember pulling him to the side after practice and I said, hey, I want to tell you what my dad used to tell me. My dad used to tell me all the time, hey, you're not going to be the fastest. You're not going to be the strongest. You're not going to even be the most athletic, but you can always be the hardest worker in the room. And I remember sharing that with Ian, and when he came in, he had this smile on his face. And, and just for a moment, like for a moment, I realized, man, maybe I am making an impact. Even though I'm going through this hard stuff in life, even though I'm, I'm going through this season that I don't fully understand, maybe, maybe I'm making an impact with some sixth grade boys and on a basketball team. And I remember looking down at the spilled drink and looking up at him. I was like, man, I got I to gotta clean this up. So I walked in our little storage area, grabbed some, like some washcloths. So I was going to go clean it up. And that's when you know I'm from the south. I just said washcloths. Uh, but I was going to clean it up. And I remember just pausing and breathing in and all things. Give thanks. I don't know if you've ever tried to memorize scripture, but there are scriptures that I've tried to memorize in my life that I can apply on certain seasons. And, and that's one of those scriptures in all things, give thanks. And it was in that moment that I realized what I was supposed to preach on today. So I, I go back home. And when I get back home, I, I pulled up 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 through 18. And, and Paul's giving his final instructions to the Thessalonians in his first letter that he writes to them. And picking up in chapter 5, verse 12, he writes this. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. I said this during first service. Um, there's individuals that are disruptive to the community of God, and there's individuals that are idle in the community of God. And what Jesus is saying or what scripture is kind of portraying to us is those are both the same. If you just come into church and you're idle and you just consume and consume and consume and you expect the pastor to spoon feed you your spiritual kind of awareness, then, then you're not growing as a Christ follower. That's just as bad as being disruptive in the church and causing chaos. So don't be idle. Don't be disruptive. He says, encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. 
Be patient with everyone. That's hard. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. This is what we're going to focus on this morning, picking up in verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray continually. And give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You, usually I'd break this scripture down a, a bit more, but I want to focus on those three things this morning. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. So picking up with that first one, rejoice always, that one's a lot easier said than done. It's a lot easier to say, let's rejoice. But, but how, do you, how do you practically rejoice? Because Paul is writing to a church and a people that are under constant persecution, but they haven't wavered in their faith. If you go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, picking up in verse 6, Paul writes this, For you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Man, they were facing opposition. They were facing severe suffering. They were facing options that they didn't fully understand, but they still had joy in the Lord. And in order for us to receive that joy and to rejoice, we have to realize and understand that joy comes from the Lord through the Holy Spirit. It comes from the Lord through the Holy Spirit. He's our only source of joy. The problem is we try to manufacture joy on our own. We've all been there in life. It's like, well, let me, let me go on this big vacation. Let me gather the family together and let me have the house full. Let me take my wife out on a date night. And all those things are well and fine and they're needed. But the problem is when we remove ourselves from those situations and we find ourselves alone by ourselves, we still have a hole and we still have a void in our life. We can only rejoice if we're connected to the Father himself. How do we connect through the Father? Through the Holy Spirit. Then Paul goes on to write, he says, pray continually. That sounds really good. I'm sure that it works, but, but what am I supposed to do? Walk in my closet every day, sit down, shut the door, and just pray? Am I just supposed to pray day in and day out, not have relationship with people, not go to my job, not kind of fulfill life? Or, or do I involve myself in those things and pray as well? It's hard to understand when we read these words to pray continually. But Paul gives us a roadmap starting in Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. He says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Are you allowing the word of God to dwell in you? Do you spend time reading through it? Do you spend time memorizing it? Do you spend time applying it to your life? Or do you grab your Bible when it seems like all heck is breaking loose? You open it up and go, and I hope this works. How are we applying scripture to our life? In John chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus said in his own words that words, are, uh, words have spirit and life in them. If we continue to read in Luke chapter 23, verse 46, even on the cross, in the midst of torment and anguish that, and pain that no human should ever experience in their life, what did Jesus do in his last breath? He prayed, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. We know that words have the power of life 
and death. So what does it mean to pray continually? Early followers of Jesus, this is what what they would do. They would say these short prayers several hundred times a day, so much so that those prayers almost became an active breath. It's what I attempted to do when I walked into the closet at Good Drip Coffee and all things. Give thanks. In all things. Give thanks. Let's take a look, from, let's take a look at this from a, a clinical perspective. Because a lot of times we want to look at science and then we want to read scripture and we're like, well, how do these th- two things combine? I'm going I'm to show you how they combine in this instance, in this situation. The human autonomic nervous system, or the ANS, developed two branches. The sympathetic nervous system, or the SNS, and the parasympathetic nervous system, the PNS, which include three neural circuits, and we've heard these neural circuits before. Engaged, which means I'm I'm engaged with you. Rich, I'm, I'm right here. We're engaged. We're tracking with each other. The next one would be fight or flight. That's considered one. And you've been there, right? Somebody scares you, you want to fight, or you're going to run. And then the third is to freeze. I'll use that same scenario. Anybody ever been scared so much they just fell to the floor? Like, oh dear God. So so those, those are in our nervous system. They're in our neural circuits. Engaged, fight or flight, and to freeze. I keep reading. The anatomy and physiology of the two branches of the ANS is widely accepted in neuroscience research. The description of the three circuits, engaged, fight or flight, and freeze, is widely used in trauma therapeutic professions. Clinically, this is known as voluntary regulated breathing. One study on voluntary regulated breathing practices proved successful to correct imbalances of the stress response system and to facilitate emotion regulation, social engagement, bonding, and recovering from trauma. Voluntary regulated breathing are practically useful with those who have experienced symptoms of anxiety, insomnia, depression, stress and trauma-related disorders, ADHD, schizophrenia, and substance abuse. Intentional breathing interrupts the feedback that perpetuates the trauma, returning the nervous system to harmony. So, so when you pray without ceasing, when you breathe in, in all things, and when you breathe out, give thanks. By uttering these short prayers that become as automatic as your breathing, it chemically resets your brain, your mood, and your outlook on any situation. In all things, give thanks. What I'm learning is this from a clinical perspective and from a a scriptural perspective that God has pre-wired all of us with this internal reset button. In all things. Give thanks. We've gone, we've gone through the first two. Rejoice always. That one's hard, but I, I, think we can, I think we can do it. Pray continually. Small, short prayers that you can activate day in and day out that almost become as automatic as breathing. The first two steps are critical, but they are incomplete without the third. Give thanks in all circumstances. In all circumstances. And this is hard. It's deep work. It's hard work, but it will absolutely change you from the inside out. I wrote this down when I was preparing for the sermon. 
And I'm just going to read it to you like I wrote it. As I was writing my sermon, Harlow was pulling everything out of her diaper bag. I was sitting at our, our kitchen table, and uh, Har- the diaper bag was beside me. And Harlow just starts pulling stuff out. She'd pull out an applesauce and just throw it and laugh. She'd pull out a cookie bar and throw it across the room and laugh. And then she would find pieces of paper that Piper or herself had colored on, and she would wave it at me and then throw it on the floor. I would usually get a little frustrated because I was trying to focus and prepare. But Friday morning, I was thankful. Jenna took Harlow a few minutes later upstairs to change her. And she was crying. She was screaming because she wanted to be downstairs because she was playing. And y'all seen it before. You take a kid away from toys and play. They lose it sometimes. And usually I would have thrown my AirPods in. I would have put on the noise cancellation. I would have turned up the music so that I could focus on writing a sermon. But Friday afternoon, I was thankful that I could hear her crying. Because 10 short hours earlier, she was limp in my arms, not making a noise, and staring at me with these eyes like she was begging her daddy for help. A couple minutes later, Piper was asking for more orange juice and more bacon and more food. That's my girl asking for some more bacon. Sitting on the couch asking for some more food. And usually I would get a little frustrated because I was trying to focus. And then Piper was playing on her iPad. She was drawing and coloring on her iPad. And uh, she said, Daddy, come here. She kept asking, Daddy, come here, come here. I got to show you something, come here. Usually I'd get a little frustrated. I said, baby, let me, let me finish. Let me just finish and then I'll, I'll come over there. Friday, I was thankful that I could just pause, walk over and sit beside her on the couch let her show her show me whatever she wanted to show me Friday after Thanksgiving we wanted to go out with family maybe go ice skating watch a movie usually I would get frustrated that plans got changed but Friday I was thankful that we were spending the day at home even even last night anybody have trouble putting their kids to bed sometimes okay just one thanks Brian we can like start a self-help group together clearly every other parent in the room thank you Anwar three of us every other parent's got it figured out Wherever those secrets are, they're not sharing them with us. But my five-year-old man, we put her to bed, and I almost feel guilty. Like she starts crying, Daddy, I just want you, Daddy, I want you to snuggle. And I'm like, all right, well, I can't say no. I don't know if you can say no. I can't say no. You can say no? Yeah, but you have a boy. You can say no to her? (laughs) Teach me your ways because your boy can't. Piper has me wrapped. I mean, I know you love her. I know you do. I was just thinking, I, I was just thinking Mikey, because Mikey's older. He'd be like, get back in the bed. He stays in the bed? She's out. She's up. Yeah, that, that's, and that's what we're living through right now. Uh, so Piper, Piper was having a, a rougher night than going to bed last night. And typically, I would get frustrated. Piper, get back in your room right now. We've already read your Bible story. We've already prayed. You're supposed to be asleep. Heard her door open last night. Jenna was upstairs getting ready for bed. And I heard the door open. It's Piper Gray. Try not to be too loud so I wouldn't wake up Harlow. Yes, sir. <laughs> What's wrong, baby? 
She's at the top of the stairs. I couldn't see her. I could just hear, what's wrong, baby? I just want to give you a hug and kiss. All right, come here. She gets to the bottom of the stairs, but she doesn't come like all the way into, like off the stairs. She like gets to the last step and she peeks around her long red curly hair. She's kind of hanging, dangling. She says, Daddy, what are you doing? Oh, baby, I'm, I'm practicing. Oh, can I practice with you? Come on. Usually I get a little frustrated. And then I, I have colors and on my, my notes so I know which way to go, what I'm going to say, if it's an illustration, blah, blah, blah. Um, but last night, Piper wanted to put colors on my notes and make the words different colors. So there's a lot more pink and purple on my, on my notes today. And usually I would get a little frustrated. But last night, and I was thankful that all she wanted to do was snuggle with her daddy. Listen, I don't know why I've gone through what I've been going through the past few days. Maybe it's so I could get up here and, and tell you that, man, as your pastor, I'm going through it right now. Maybe it's so I could get up here and tell you that, that life has been hard the last few weeks. I've dealt with situation after situation. I've dealt with personal stuff. I've dealt with work stuff. I've dealt with family stuff. But it seems like every week I've, I've been dealing with, with something. And, and even, I, I wrote this out. Listen, even as I was writing this part of the message, I had to pause. I called the hospital to get an update on my grandmother. Hopefully, I called earlier in between services. That's why I wasn't in here. And hopefully, hopefully she gets out today. I paused at this point of the message just so I could walk upstairs and check on my girls. Checked on Harlow. Opened the door. I was checking on Piper. I vividly remember breathing in. In all things. Give thanks. I'm living in a season of loss and pain, of uncertainty and confusion, of anger and frustration. But this is what I'm learning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for me in Christ Jesus. Listen, I'm not perfect. I, in fact, your boy is far from it. Far from it. But I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep moving forward. Come what may. Life's going to continue, continue to swing on me, and I'm going to continue to swing back. And this is how I'm going to swing back. I might get a bad doctor's report, but swinging back, I'm going to rejoice always. I'm going to pray continually, and I'm going to give thanks in all circumstances. The scary fact is Harlow might have another seizure, but this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to rejoice always. I'm going to pray continually, and I'm going to give thanks in all circumstances. Inevitably, I'm going to be driving down 77, and I'm going to get cut off again. And I'm going to want to tell the person in front of me that they're number one. And read between the lines. Some of y'all are going to laugh at that one on the way home. But I'm going to rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. I'm going to be in the coffee shop, and I'm going to be making a drink. Inevitably, I'm going to spill another one. What am I going to do? I'm going to rejoice always. I'm going to pray continually, and I'm going to give thanks in all circumstances. I don't know what it is for you, but I can almost guarantee you that, that if you're in this room, then you're going through something. The big things, maybe they've piled up and maybe that little thing has set you off or, or maybe there's some little things that you need to take care of. Maybe after the holiday season, you're struggling to pay bills. This is what I would challenge you to do. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. 
maybe you're having a difficult pregnancy or, or man, maybe you've hit some rocks in your marriage. What, what I'd ask you to do is to rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Maybe throughout the holiday season, you're starting to miss loved ones that have gone on before us. What I would challenge all of us to do is to rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Maybe this past week, Brian King, he's probably out getting stuff prepared for us to leave. But I know he had to watch Ohio State get beat yesterday. UNC fans, you had to watch your team get beat yesterday. Clemson fans, I hope there's a Clemson fan in the room. Any, any Clemson fans in the room? I'm a big South Carolina fan. Uh, seven years of losing. I'm glad we finally won yesterday. What am I going to do? I'm going to continue to rejoice always, pray continually. All, all, all jokes aside, all jokes aside, regardless of what life throws at you, how are you going to respond? Listen, our worship team is going to lead us back in. And what I know is this, there's healing that can take place in this room right now. There's clarity that can take place in this room right now. But it's up to your response. You can either hold on to and, and squeeze those emotions, those doubts, those, that anger that you have from God, or, or you can rejoice always. You can pray continually, and you can give thanks in all things. I don't know what it is for you. But as our worship team steps back in as they lead us, and I would challenge you to step out of your seat, find a spot at this altar so that we can rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Hey, thanks for joining us today at Multiply Church. We can't wait to see you again next week, either in person or online, as we continue to love Jesus and change the world.